The He Podcast is powered by Higgy Nutrition. Healthy gut, happy you. Who is he? He is me. Hi, I'm Rafi Redswan. This is he. Here is my chance to share some amazing stories with some amazing people that are inspiring to me. He celebrates everyday people of everyday life. He revolves around conversations that inspire others to change the world and make a difference in life with a little bit of laughter and a whole lot of drama. Join me for personal stories and experiences on health and healing, successes and failures, recovery and discovery, anything relatable and anything in between. He elevates us to rise again and live our very best life. Just so you know, you are not alone. He is with you. We all know that vegetables and greens are good for you and are essential for good health and proper nutrition. However, given our current lifestyles and hectic pace of life, it sometimes is difficult to get all your nutrition on a daily basis. That's where my daily greens comes in. My daily greens is a premixed prebiotic drink that contains chlorophyll, spirulina, pomegranate, ashwagandha, and pagaga, all in a convenient sachet. If you want to be the boss of your health, just mix one sachet of my daily greens with water for better gut health, better energy, and immunity support. I have been taking my daily greens for some time now and have noticed some improvements in my gut health and my overall well-being. Plus, it tastes good. As a special offer to listeners of the He Podcast, you can get 10% of your order by using the code HE10 at checkout. Just head on to HiggyNutrition.com, that's H-G-H-Y-Nutrition.com, or visit the link in the description below. The best part about my podcast is I don't do videos, so you don't have the awkwardness. <laughs> I know, right? Because I do watch style, some of the ones you cut, you're from UK. Oh. And now, Spotify has the video. And I was yeah. thinking to myself, Ya Allah, the video, my face, no, no. oh my god. But if I finally do it, I can do it setting Oprah Winfrey. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> I can camera on angle, we can make up. Exactly, we can do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. It's literally either we go we go all out and uh, we literally push yes. it out there. Exactly. You 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 get where you get where I'm going. <laughs> Nina Andrew takes the first step to envision herself being fearless. In this episode, he ignites a conversation to holistically cultivate a healthier lifestyle and solidify the story behind her journey of self-acceptance despite her struggle living with an eating disorder and dealing with her body image. The subtle expression of her pain stems back from her childhood experience profound psychological impact has further eroded her confidence throughout her discovery of who she is. A pivotal moment in her life is not to be afraid to take the first step, be proud of herself, and ensure her visions reflect a healthier mind, body, and soul. This is her story. Hi, Nina. Hello. Hi. How are you? Today, I'm good. 
I'm content and I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Let's go I'm there. I'm doing well. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on my show. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for being here today for me. Thank you for allowing me to even have this space on your podcast. I actually really appreciate um, that you created this podcast for mm-hmm. to have different conversations. Uh, I would say like I've I've probably heard I've heard some of your podcasts, not all. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's very interesting that you have a platform for just different people from different walks of life. Uh, and I was very surprised that you approached me, so yes. I'm very thankful. <laughs> yes, and I've been, I've been, I've been eyeing on your story for a while, so I'm glad you are able to make it on season three. Yeah, I really am. I really you. am. And today we're gonna talk about mind, body, and soul. I think it's, it's a uh, key elements to our well-being, our basically survival. You know. Um, that I think it's important to us. And I think you carry this uh, subject and topic, you know, well uh, with me today and to find out how you lead a healthy lifestyle and the story behind your self-discovery and your self-acceptance journey, how your aspirations in life help you to be fearless in taking the first steps and what it means to be Nina Andre, how you turn your (laughs) vision into reality. Move ahead, staying positive for the body, mind, and soul. Now, how do you cultivate a healthy lifestyle for the mind, body, and soul and turn it into a vision of realities? There's a few aspects to this question. Um, So I'm going to start with healthier lifestyle for the mind. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know to say if it comes with age. Yeah. Um, but I think when it comes to healthier lifestyle for the mind, it actually took me a while to realize as much as the saying goes, your life is a choice. Life is choices you make all the time. I've always had that in my mind because my mom has always like put that forward to me. She's always like, Nina, whatever you choose or whatever decisions you make, at the end of the day, that is going to be how you live your life and that is going to affect your mind. So um, coming as someone who had had a phase, I had a phase where I had to battle with things in me, my inner mm-hmm. self and all that. And I also had to battle with being a people pleaser, you know. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes when... I guess when you are a people pleaser, at the end of the day, there will be things in your life where you don't realize actually it affects your mind. And Mm -hmm. you might turn into someone nasty or someone negative, I would say. Someone Mm -hmm. negative or someone that's always just on edge, you know. So, took me a while. Um, I, I wouldn't say I'm like, my mind is like super healthy or 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 whatnot but i can say that i think i'm at a i'm at a good place with like mentally i'm at a good place Mm -hmm. i'm able to differentiate and i'm able to make decisions when i feel like something is not good for me mentally and that comes into play 
And this comes into play when it comes to like the people you keep around. Um, and I think for me, I'm an observer actually. So in a big group of friends, I observe. And sometimes I have this thing where I'll observe something or maybe the way someone reacts towards me or something like that. And mm-hmm. I've realized, and this actually has happened a few times, where my first instinct, usually most of the time I found, especially when it comes to myself, mm-hmm. is right. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes like you meet so many people um, in, on, on all walks of life, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes some people just don't have the best, don't have your best interests. Yeah. But you try so hard to fit that person in because you think it's good for you. Yeah. So I've learned to take a step back, if, especially if I have that hunch. First instincts are usually right. I'm not saying it's always right, but it's usually yeah. right. Um, yeah. And I think now I've come to a point that I am able to segregate when I think something is good for me mentally and when mm-hmm. something is not. So when something is not good for me mentally, I don't mind taking myself out of the equation. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if it causes me to be upset, stressed. And I am someone actually who internalizes a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I lambat sikit bila nak respond. Like the emotions come a little bit later. And then when yeah. it comes, it comes like a typhoon. Yes. And it, it, it really interrupts me. Lah. So I, I, I had one moment where like I turned to my husband because I think as girls or me, I'm a very emotional person. And mm-hmm. sometimes I let certain things affect me more than it should. Yeah. So there was a point where of my life where I, I did say to him like, I think I should go for therapy again. And mm-hmm. he went like, why? And I was like, I don't know. I feel like that whatever that's happening, it's affecting me and I don't like it. And then he was like, okay, mm-hmm. why don't we try? Let's talk about it. Why do you try and talk to me? And then... Because I've been in that situation before, mm. I realized that my triggers are very much... Um, I start like not wanting to go out. I just want to sleep all day. And I start like thinking about it again and again. And I had moments where all of a sudden, before we were about to sleep, right? And like one sentence came up from my mouth like, Oh, did you know uh, last week this was said? Contoh. Mm-hmm. After I said that sentence, a whole fountain of tears that, and I'm not talking about tears I was talking mm. about like sobbing I was sobbing yes, and I remember yes. at that point mm. my, my mm. husband he was like wait what what just happened he was like Mm-mm. are you Mm-mm. crying and then he was like yo he was like wait this is actually really deep and yeah, that was yeah. when I realized actually whatever that went on was affecting me so yes. badly Yes, I just yes. wasn't saying it. Like, I was... And if you looked on my Instagram at that point, I was still going about my day. I was going about my day. I went cafe hopping. I went for classes. Mm-hmm. I was going about my day as per normal. And it happened to me a few times. There was also one time where I was in the car with my best friend and something had happened and I, I didn't... And I just ignored it. And we were just driving. And mm-hmm. 
I literally was at a traffic light and I turned to her and I literally just ran through in the car and she turned and she was like, babe, what, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. So for me, ever since this little episodes have been going on and things like that, I've learned that when something, when I can identify that something is not good for me mentally, yeah, I deal with it on my own and then I try my very best to omit it from my lifestyle. Yeah. So I know it's a very crude way, but I think that is the only way that I can lead or I can at least have a mind that's content and mm-hmm. that's at ease because life is life. I can't control things that's had, that goes on in life. You know, none of us can control like, you will have to deal with the unexpected of life anyway. That will yeah. definitely affect me mentally. So yes. I've come to a decision that whatever that I can control, that's within the proximity that I can change or I can walk away from, I walk away from. Whether it's people, whether it's a situation, whether it's even a place. You know, sometimes certain mm. places give you the wrong kind of vibe ke, anything yeah, la, like yeah, then I yeah. know to myself macam okay it's okay then maybe it's just not meant for me does it have to do with us being overthinking sometimes I'm exhausted and I I, I burst to tears I burst yeah. to tears I cried I was I know I was overwhelmed with with yeah. life um, do you think that has to do with being an overthinker yes because I think yeah. I'm an overthinker yeah, me too, me and, too. Yeah. And I think overthinking without you realizing, because I think mm-hmm. without us realizing, most of the time in life, kind, as we go through, when we're with people or when we're with our, our significant other, mm. maybe the overthinking gets like pushed back. And I don't know. I think when it comes to overthinking, for me lah, at least, I have mm-hmm. yet to find a way to overcome certain mm-hmm. parts of my life that I overthink. Um. And one example, which is something that I am actually currently dealing with on a daily, is mm-hmm. that I'm going to reveal my age. Oh, so is that I'm going to turn 30 next year, right? Mm-hmm. And I have amazing friends around me, amazing people around me that are doing, that are thriving in their career path. Like, thriving. And I love to see it. And I know... I know that it is out there. The quote is out there that you should never compare your life, your career true, true. to other people. You know, I know, you know. I know it's out there. You know, like, I, am. Okay, I know, I know I'm, it's I'm out there. I'm almost 40. I'm almost 40, but I'd have no thriving career. I'm a nobody. I mean, I had a career. I had a successful career 10 years ago, but I am almost 40 now. I am literally nobody. So when you say that, I'm like, you have... <laughs> I'm I have you on board. I mean, we, yeah. so <laughs> what am I gonna do with my life? Oh my god! For me, it's like I'm there, lah. That's why my child. That's okay, that's okay. why I check out. Like for yeah, me, yeah. I honestly am at a point of my life. Okay, when I can control, I control. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, choices of my career path is something I can control to a certain aspect, and then certain parts I don't really control. You know, like so. Mm-hmm. I'm now at at a junction again. That's the thing. I feel like I'm always at a junction and I kind of feel like, 
and I said this to my husband a few days, a few a few weeks ago, and I'm like, why is it that why can't my path can just flow? Like, I think orang lain can flow je. Why is my mm-hmm. not flowing? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no. Yes, yes. And and it's 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 that's that, that that's the part where the overthinking comes in. Everything comes mm-hmm. in slowly, like satu 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 and. And I and I always say to myself like okay I don't want to be one of those people that's always complaining about life, but then the reality is most some days I am I am that person and like I try so hard to not be and but the reality check I am I I can't mm-hmm. like I all I I still count my blessings every day of course I do even even without social media I remember living without social media. Uh, mm-hmm. Say twenty years ago, ten, fifteen years ago, I think social media started around say twenty twelve when Instagram came out and everything. Yeah. But I I remember living without it. Um. Even without it, even with just I think with it it makes it worse. Um. Uh, even without it, I have have already been like that. Like what you experience mm. today, I've always felt like I'm not enough. I always yeah. felt like people were thriving more than I am. I always feel like I am always behind. I'm always feel you know I I feel like people are better than me and at some point. But I think social media today makes it worse. I think people at your age now, yeah. you feel like. There's this pressure going on for you to keep up with life, for you to be for what you to, see yeah. on the screen, yeah, right? That's true. And then when you don't yeah. get it, you sort of feel like, where am I? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 30, and I'm, I still need to do this. I haven't done this. I haven't do this, and whatever. Yeah. I want to go back to your early life. Like, what has led you to be on this journey? Like, how do you discover yourself? I do understand that you are a fitness instructor. What has led you? To be on this journey. So what has led me was I was trying to initially. I thought at that point uh, when I started working out, it was for me to kononya lead a healthier lifestyle. Okay, so I will okay. say kononya because uh-huh. honestly, at that point when I reflect back, actually all I wanted to be was skinny. That's all mm. I wanted because I was. At the point of my life where my child said like, oh, if if I was, and I know this is cliche because this thing comes out. Uh, I feel like recently it has come out quite a lot um, on social media where um, it talks about how now people now or like maybe the generation now thinks about yeah. it as as long as I'm skinny I'll be happy, as long as I'm yeah. rich I'll be happy. As long as I have a, I don't know, like some people say, like, oh, I yes. have a looking significant other, or whatever, I'm yes, happy, yes. you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So yes. at that point of my life, I was on this whole. As long as I'm skinny, I will be happy, and it was so toxic because I'll be so real right here. I don't ah tau benda tu. Like mm-hmm. I remember, I pernah like don't ah that. Oh my god. Ya Allah, I just want to be skinny, and that was how toxic I was to myself because I thought skinny would equal to me being happier. I would have a better lifestyle, you know. I would yeah. be able to fit into clothes that my friends can fit and look good in, and I can't. Or at that point, I felt like I can't. So I embarked on this particular journey of fitness because I just wanted to 
actually lose weight. I really just wanted to lose weight. I I was always a chubby kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I uh, I mentioned to you slightly earlier in our conversation, I was always the biggest of the lot. I was always the biggest of my friends. I had beautiful friends. Um, and I was also surrounded by a few around me that had that skinny privilege. And even between my sisters and I, I was the only one yang memang grew up bigger because my mom has always said, like, masa I kecil, I saw makan. Mm. Then everybody was complaining to my mom, like, why is your child so skinny? And I'm, I'm the first child out of four. Why is so kuros? You know, no, 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 no. So my mom fed me with epiton, actually, to mm. make me gain weight. And then mm-hmm. she realized, because my siblings and I, our gaps are quite far. So me and my second sister are five years. Me and yeah. my third sister are seven years. And me and my brother are eight years. Yeah. So my mom then realized that when I got into school and I was heavier, and I was already like quite heavy at that point, it was so hard for me to shed off the weight. That was one. And number two, like she realized that I was also like very aware of myself. So when it yeah. came to my siblings, my mom learned that as long as my mom was feeding all my sisters, or like my sister and my brother enough nutrition, and we're not like malnourished ke tak sakit ke apa, my mm-hmm. mom wasn't going to bother with fattening us up. Yeah. But of course, masa tu, I was already quite, I was already quite fat lah. I was already quite chubby. So, my life throughout school lah, even pas sekarang, bila I tengok my pictures kan, like, I cringed out at myself because I was, I was big. I was I was quite big. I was quite fat in in my point of view at least. I know some people would say like, not really, but I feel like in my point of view, I was. I was, and I was always the biggest of my friends. So, in high school, you go through the whole thing of, you know, you had a lot of friends from different schools, including boys, of course, at that point. And then I realized, young chum, people would always be friends with me to get to know my girlfriends, which is fine. And I think it hit me below. I actually had a rejection because of how I looked like. And I mean, of course, you. I, I was. I was a teenager, kind. So, cham. Yeah. That really affected me because yes. I felt like that again. I went back to okay. Within all of my friends, kind. Why does it have to be me? Why mm-hmm. am I the one you have to like face this whole rejection because of your appearance? Mm-hmm. Thing? Mm-hmm. And and I and like, memang hated myself and like, I hated myself to a point that there was a point of my life during high school that I really felt like living was not worth it because I had very mean insults thrown to me. Like, whether it had to be with my weight mm-hmm. or whether it had to be with how tan I was. And masa ni, we were in the zaman of block, block spot. Yeah, yes. If you yes. remember block spot, I right? had one. <laughs> and yes, I had one. Yeah, and block yeah. spot had um, that anonymous um, chat box thingy. Yes. Yes. And I had really mean comments coming from that chat box at one mm. point. And it really affected me. And even so by sekarang, I ingat tau the things that were said. And like, I'm not going to say it here lah, obviously. But mm-hmm. it's it's not a nice part of my life. But I feel yeah. like those things was what pushed me to like, when I was in form 4, I decided like, yeah, I thought I'm going to see. I'm going to cut carbs out because I thought that was the way to like at least lose weight. I lost weight. I, I did lose weight. Just maybe not in the most healthiest um, manner. And mm-hmm. because of that, I have like a lot, I have like excess skin lah sometimes on certain parts of my body, right? Yeah. So yeah. when I went to university, my first year, I was, I was quite small. 
and like I told you, I have parts of my my life now, eh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say things like, guys, I rasa masa tu kan I cengkong. Tapi I rasa bila I cengkong, that was, me, that was when I was the prettiest. I would always say that. And then I really, really like thoughtful and I have really caring friends now and they would always be like, you know, shut up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I always be like, no guys. Even over the weekend, I had a baju kurung on kan and the baju kurung was quite fitting towards my arms. And I was just like, I don't really like how my arms look like. And then one of my friends is saying like, babe, you can bicep curl at 7.5. And you're telling me you don't like how your arms look like. I was like, mm-hmm. kind of. I was like, maybe if I had skinny arms, you know, the dress, the, the baju kurung would look nicer. Yeah. So I still have that. I'm not going to lie. Like, this battle with my mind, even if now I feel like I'm content with my mind, days I'm content with my body even, I still have days where I don't accept myself. You know? Yeah. So, what led me to be a fitness instructor? I keep going off tangent. I am so sorry. What led me to be a fitness yeah. instructor is actually during MCO, I joined... I mean, during MCO, we were all locked down. We were all locked up, right? <laughs> Couldn't do yeah. anything. But one thing I was set on was that, okay, I was at MCO. I, I don't want to let go of how active I was before MCO. So before MCO, I started working out religiously. And that was because I realized cutting food out was not cutting it anymore for my body. It just wasn't. Like, I reached a plateau that macam mana sikit I makan pun, my body would like, or I would feel like I gain weight. So that was when I was like, So you're saying if you you work out and then you Mm. eat at the same time, it doesn't yeah. give you the same sort of feeling and it, you do not lose weight? So, uh, so basically what, at that point, I realized, yeah, uh-huh. even if I uh-huh. tak makan, okay. I, so basically, if I diet, eh, so if okay. I diet, okay. and I don't work out, okay. my body still felt heavy. Mm. So like, every little bit I makan, especially when it's carbs, I don't know why, but like, my mind at that point was so hateful towards carbs. Like, oh, my main reason for gaining weight was always carbs or dairy. Mm-hmm. I tried, I feel like I tried a lot of things. I tried going, cutting dairy out. I tried cutting carbs out. I tried only eating brown carbs. Yeah. And I always found myself back in a position where I kept battling with my mind. So mm-hmm. when I started going to the gym again, I realized... I had to find something sustainable. And when I say sustainable, at that point, I think it was probably through like podcasts and through quite a lot of reading. I think, so I have a legal background. I can't remember which podcast it was at that point, but at that point, I was following quite a few people that were fitness influencers, um, uh, as they used to call themselves, Dulula, mm-hmm. on, in the UK. Um, and then at one point, clean eating was a thing, right? Clean eating was like a strict yeah. thing. So I did the yeah. whole thing where like in my kitchen cabinet at uni was literally oat milk, chia seed, oats. And I did the whole like the healthier version of cookies because I'm a big binge cookie eater. I did the healthier version of scones. It was macam-macam lah. And then at one point, um, I started realizing like, it's not sustainable. And I needed yes. something sustainable because I wanted to stop battling with myself. Like, I think it just came to a point that I realized like, number one, I was 
memang going for therapy for my eating disorder. And mm-hmm. one of the things that my therapist said was, you do realize that no matter how much therapy you do, so as long as you yourself keep lying to yourself about this whole thing, and mm-hmm. you keep believing that eating healthy is going to make you happy, and clean eating is going to make you happy, and things like that, this mm-hmm. is not going to go away. Because I think at one point, I had like a breaking point where I was just like, why can't I just be like a normal person that eats and just doesn't get fat? <laughs> like that, that, mm-hmm. was, that was me. I, I just didn't know. I just wanted to stop being a fat person. I just wanted things to look good on me. And like, I know this sounds so childish, but now that I think of it, like it was such a bad place for me, but that really was my issue at that point. Like I just hated how I looked. And it didn't help that I always had acne. So memang, I just felt like everything and anything that could go wrong in a human was me. <laughs> yeah. So, and how long were you clean eating? How long were you clean eating? Oh, that went on for like a year and a half. Like throughout my university year years. I came back. Every time I balik, uh, time I balik summer, I brought back. I brought back my chia seed. Because my, my still chia seed company mm-hmm. was quite expensive. So I brought back chia mm-hmm. seed. I brought back like all those little bars that they say is healthier instead of, you know, eating and all that. So, re- that was how I got on to the journey. Because even when I was clean eating, I wasn't losing uh-huh. weight. I wasn't losing weight at all. And that was when I realized like, I think I need to exercise regularly and mm-hmm. at the same time, find a middle ground for eating. Because at the end of the day, eating is meant to nourish you. It's meant to make you feel good yeah. it's meant to you know yes. you support whatever yeah. you eat is meant to be in become energy for you to go through life so mm-hmm. it was hard for me to reach that point of because my relationship with food was so bad at that point already so for me to like take a step back and look back at for example much like now i look at cookies mm-hmm. as i know i can binge on cookies all night long But mm-hmm. I'm at a point of my life where I can eat a cookie and I won't cry or I won't run to the toilet or I yeah, won't like yeah. hate myself, you know? So that was okay. when I started working out. I tried. I tried to work out regularly. So but I became like, okay, if I don't like jogging, I probably could find something that I like yes, or yeah. I could find something that let me try and be consistent. So that was when I'm, I've always had a gym membership. So when mm-hmm. I went to, when I started going to the gym regularly, that was when I started picking up like, okay, how to curate a program? How can I, yeah. you know, try my best to like keep at it? Then I realized I don't like running. Okay, I tried. I've mm-hmm. tried the whole pagi jogging or like lepas class jogging. I don't like it. And then one of my mm-hmm. friends said, oh, why don't you try a marathon? I tried setting up for a 5km fun run. Itu pun, I nak lari for that fun run just because I wanted, I wanted to play with the colors that they throw for fun run. I did not like jogging, okay. And then, when I came back for summer, I think this was in my second year, that was when mm-hmm. I discovered indoor cycling. And, yeah, yeah. Masa tu, indoor cycling in Malaysia was very new. It was so new that there was only two studios. So, I say this even till today, that first indoor cycling studio that I went to actually had such a healthy, positive environment. And mm-hmm. nobody was there to show off. Nobody was there to show who's better than the other. 
And the instructors were all like genuine. Lah. They were just genuine. They love what they do. They love the community. The community wasn't that big. You can literally walk into the studio and like everyone would just like say hi. And it was such a good environment. And then slowly yeah. I got the momentum of indoor cycling. And then I realized like, eh, indoor cycling. Because I was a dancer when I was younger. Or my parents had always introduced me and my siblings to dance and music. So I realized eh, indoor cycling is actually dancing. But on a bike. And mm-hmm. to music. So for 45 yeah. minutes, it's cardio. But it was cardio I enjoyed. And at that point, I would do 7am classes. I thought, like, maybe because I was a lot younger, I could do like puasa. After Saho, mm-hmm. I would do a 7am class. I can't do that mm. anymore now. <laughs> I feel like now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, have to do it. I have to do it post-booker. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But also, it was an escape. So that was that was actually how I got onto the whole thing. Like, It wasn't even, it wasn't peer pressure because I was actually doing it just with me and my sister, the two of us. And masa tu, everybody was like, oh yeah, the sisters, oh the sisters, because we're always together. And masa mm-hmm. tu, not a lot of my friends worked out. And then by the masa tu, I remember lah, I said to myself, like, best year if I have friends who would like these kind of things. Because I think um, the few best friends that I keep, I close to now, we all like different things. And I'm I'm still one of the only ones in like my friends from school even. I'm still one of the only ones that like will do six workouts in like the whole week, you know. And the rest of them are always like, you know, you and your workout. And I'm okay with that. And I started off this whole thing because of myself, mm-hmm. which I think is the reason why now it's not a chore. Like people always say like, I don't know how you do this whole like, lupa kerja pergi workout, lupa kerja pergi workout. Yeah. And I... I I, oh. I, I honestly, I get this. I get this from my relatives. So I even get it from my relatives. My relatives always, oh, even my parents. My relatives lah, my parents lah, my mom. Because but then uh, my mom uh-uh. also, my mom also said like, uh. kakak, but it's what makes you happy. As long as you're happy, fine. Yeah. I think for me, it's not a chore anymore. It's become a routine. So if mm. I don't work out lepas class, or like I said, um, I was I was away from Thursday to Sunday, right? I was away for one of my best friend's wedding. Um, yeah. And if I was in a mindset yang I started with, which was, oh, if I tak work out, I tak boleh makan cake, or I cannot have desserts, or I can't have crisps. Mm-hmm. Okay, also, I'm a big person who loves to snack on Lay's, especially if it's sour cream and cheddar. It's it's a junk food, you know. And I had a very bad relationship yeah. with junk food, uh, bad relationship in terms of like, even if I was never a huge binge eater, but because I knew mm-hmm. junk food is bad for me, Masa dekat UK, my first two years of my university life, I tak yeah. beli. Can you imagine? Tak beli like, langsung. Tak beli. Tak beli langsung. I would look at it. I would, You know what I would find? I would find kettles yang vegetable. Ooh. That was how bad wow. it was. So when I was in my third year, I had friends who were like, oh my God, you know you can only get this in UK because balik Malaysia is like 20 ringgit. And so yeah. in my third year was only when I slowly stopped looking at food as my enemy. I feel like part of my life would, it turned out the way it turned out because of the support I had when I went abroad. Because I think, mm. I don't know about Malaysian universities and I can't speak for Malaysian universities, of course. Tapi I rasa macam dekat UK, these kind of topics are more spoken of. Yeah. And yeah. I think the university support, the student support for me, that was the start mm. of where I realized that 
there is a way or there is a way around it for me to stop mm-hmm. having having these battles in my head because i also feel like sometimes it's not even your upbringing it's just it's just certain things in life as you go on and you pick up you mm-hmm. you pick up like for me i think i picked up on when people were insulting me when people were mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. about how i look the rejection i got because of how i look and things like that mm-hmm. and i felt mm-hmm. like I can't even say that it's because my parents like didn't provide me the avenues for me to be confident because I can proudly say like ever since I was young I was put in dance school so I had concerts that I performed for I was put in drama classes every year we had a drama theater performance so mm-hmm. I had all the avenues to you know to have that confidence in me cultivated mm-hmm. but there was a point in my life where I wasn't confident at all that I was always drowning myself in black clothes because I felt like black made me look skinny. Yeah. I really didn't want pictures taken of me because I felt like my face, like I said, when I gain weight, is memang kat muka. So you can see mm-hmm. it in my face. Like I, I look very round or whatever. So that juncture lah. I, but I always say this to a lot of people where that juncture where you want to make anything in your life your lifestyle right you have it has mm-hmm. to come from self realization yeah. as much yeah. as peer pressure peer pressure having friends around that do it do it you can go mm-hmm. on that but you wouldn't be able to sustain it mm-hmm. so even for me when i was in the uk recently and I, i had a whole month in the uk um i was fine going for classes alone i didn't need anyone to push me and even If my sister was like, "Ala, today I'm malas lah, kakak," I'm like, "Okay, I'll go on my own. It's okay. I'll see you after that for lunch." I think it's because I've I now do classes that I personally enjoy. So yeah. when I do classes that I personally enjoy, that 45 minutes, even if in that 45 minutes, I do yeah, like there will be a junction where I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm so tired," but yeah. after yeah. that class, I cannot shake it off that. I feel good. And yeah. maybe sometimes I start off as like macam I will start looking at like how much how many calories that I burn today. But after that, I start looking into different aspects. So for example, for a spin class for me, I start looking at how how is my heart rate regulated in that 45 minutes. Because mm-hmm. if it's regulated then I know I'm able to maintain a certain heart rate in my, in my in those classes, you know. And then when it comes to strength, which is what I teach, for mm. me, teaching actually brings a certain joy. I love it. I love teaching. And I think it's more of like, I love trying to get people who share the same passion as me in the same room. And conversations that I have after class, like sometimes it can come from someone that I don't even talk to personally, but they just come from my class and they would be like, oh, you know, ever since I started your class, there's a part of me that has felt a little bit more confident. And I love that. And like, so for me as well, I keep it quite real lah in my class. So like a few weeks ago, I I lost my um, pamkat auntie. So she, actually, she's my second cousin. I lost my auntie. Um, mm-hmm. She, oui. unfortunately, yeah. So auntie Mui. Yeah. So, yeah. She actually was one of my like um, 
Because I always bump into her tau. When I do certain classes around Bukit Amansara, I bump into her. Mm-hmm. And she's always been so fit. She's always been very like into it, you know. She's always been... Mm-hmm. And she's always yeah. been this person like, after I graduated, she's always like, it's okay, Nina. You don't have to work with your dad. Like, just just do... Just chart your own path, you know. Whatever you choose to do, like, your father will be your father. You will be yourself. You don't have to. Because people always come back to me and be like, Oh, are you, um, why aren't you working with your dad? Are you under your dad's shadow? And I'm always like, no, I'm not. I don't want to be, you know, because I think because mm. my dad's a great person in his career path and I know I will never be as of the same, but maybe I can be yeah. of something else in my own path, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And she's always, yeah. always, always been very active, you know, and we all knew that she was training for this and I've always been so in awe I'm always like I don't know how she does it especially to the fact that you know she has a business she has a child she has a family you know that kind of thing so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, when I lost her initially because she's a second cousin of mine so mm-hmm. extremely close to but every time I see her it's always something inspiring and usually after her like she trains uh, running or cycling, I will always bump yeah. into her at one of the coffee vans near my house before I go to work. And mm. it's always like, she's always on, on to something, you know? So, mm. one, of my classes, um, one of my classes, the same week that she passed, and I was so moved, actually, by the amount of people that came and mm. how many stories that came out of people that she impacted in her life i was so moved by that like the amount of either the kindness or how she's always the first person to look out for her friends or how she's just always bubbly about life right and it's just and and this thing this thing didn't stem from one person though it like all of a sudden i realized that on my following or the people that i follow or the people that mm-hmm. I know around me, from even from the fitness industry, or even from like different parts of my life, knew her, yeah. and they all had, they were echoing the same thing. And mm-hmm. so during class, initially I was fine. Like you know, I mean, of course, throughout um, when we went for the funeral, I met my my grand uncle and and all that. And of course, like I think for me, I was I was just very like I was trying to content myself and like okay. I was I wasn't trying to dwell into my emotions with anybody like my relatives or my parents or anything like that, you yeah. know. Um so but all of a sudden I had one class and then Tibetiba must have warmed down. And mm-hmm. I started talking about kindness and I started talking about how a simple act of kindness or a simple act of just allowing people to bring the best out of themselves. Like, it could mm-hmm. be probably 1% of their life, but how that yeah. 1% can be remembered to the very can? tiniest detail. And yes, I yes. burst, I burst into tears while warming down. And yeah. I think about me as an instructor, I'm very raw with myself. And I think that's because I always feel like there's no reason for me to be high up on my pedestal because uh, I'm no yeah. better than anyone else. Yes, I'm an instructor, but at the end of the day, I'm human. And I want people that come to my class to feel that I'm human. I'm not this, yeah. I, yeah. I'm not this, you know, woman of steel or whatever. I'm not. I'm literally just another person who has chosen to mm-hmm. have a part-time job out of her passion and just wants to share that 
at the end of the day, I'm human. Yes, I'm pushing you in that 45 minutes, but I'm human. I'm human. I feel, I, I partake in emotions. I go through my monthly cycle. So there are times of the month that I'm at my peak and I can perform. But there are times of the month that my stamina and my body just says no. And I've mm. realized that like one act of kindness in, in any manner can bring people so far. I was so moved by the amount of things people had to say about Auntie Moy, the amount mm-hmm. of like kindness that she spread. And I had some people like were talking about like, actually it was as simple as every year she never failed to wish happy birthday. Like ever. Mm-hmm. And it was just that. And like that conversation was nothing but happy birthday. And that's about it. That's all it took. And I think sometimes in life, we're so quick to judge people. We're so quick to say nasty things about people. And actually, yeah. we don't even know what that person is going through. Because like, I went through that recently where I, I curate my, in, my public Instagram in a way that I know certain things that I post on my public Instagram, I'm going to be judged for. I know. I know it. So mm-hmm. I also have certain things where I only share to a selective point a bunch of friends, right? So there yeah. was a point in my life where I realized, where I found out that even that selective bunch that I think had my best interest didn't have my best interest. And that killed me. Like, emotionally, mentally, it affected me so badly because in no form, I was trying to show off. It was just me yeah. sharing my day-to-day life or sharing something yeah, yeah, great yeah, yeah, that yeah. happened, you know. But for someone to turn around and say like, oh, there she goes again. It's like, Who oh. would do that? Exactly. Who would do that? Random would people do that? or someone you know? It was someone I knew. <laughs> it was someone oh, I God. knew personally. And it really affected me. And I think one thing that I've learned coming into this industry as a fitness instructor is that Everyone will always have a say. Mm-hmm. Everyone will always be out to say the meanest things about you. And like for mm-hmm. me, I know that there are part there are parts of my fitness journey. Kan? I know mm-hmm. I chontola, I, I spin at least four times a week, right? But I still know that there are certain classes that I can't do the whole 45 minutes. So chonto. Yeah. But there are also certain classes where I'm at the right point of the month and I can like push myself down. And I realize, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's an Asian thing. I don't want to like stigmatize it. Tapi, I realize sometimes the things that come out from the, our mouth, kadang-kadang, we want to compliment sebenarnya. Tapi, we choose mm-hmm. to compliment in a sarcastic manner. Yes, yes, yes. And, and that has to do a bit with culture, I, I yes. believe. It has to do, and, yeah. And like for me, I, I guess because I'm a sensitive person and I absorbed it, I don't like it. Like, oh, wow, I saw you just now. You stayed up for that whole 45 minutes. And I'm like, hmm. um, yeah, but what? it was for nobody but myself, you know? like. But what, what was that supposed to mean? Exactly, when... exactly. <laughs> It's like yeah, I don't. Right. I, sometimes I'm at the, I'm at a juncture where I'm like, um, okay, faham tak? Like, 
I don't mean like sometimes I feel like say I'm sorry you feel that way that I was trying to overtake you or I was trying to show or whatever. But I wasn't because mm-hmm. sometimes when I'm in class, I have this thing where I zone out. Memang I zone out because I think I zone out because I know that 45 minutes is actually just for myself. So memang on the bike, yeah. I I shot sendiri. Memang shot sendiri. Kalau I make videos mm. of myself, like my friends who mm-hmm. are instructors or even instructors that, that that I go for, they're always like me mm. and my sister dulu. You know when when you were younger <laughs> and you perform and like the teachers yeah. always say when you're on stage you have to smile. Whatever it happens yeah. on stage, you smile all the way. So maybe if that, I pun tak tahu. Tapi kadang-kadang I pun cakap, I pun tak tahu kenapa I'm smiling guys. Tapi I genuinely mm. enjoy I enjoy working out. I try my very best to lead a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. Yeah. As sustainable as I, I can make it. Yeah. I think in this sense, sustainability is also about balance. Yes. It's And not I think balance just is so thing. important. Yeah. And I think okay? balance is so yeah. important. Yeah. And I, yeah. I know my physiotherapist was, is, is going to echo me back on this. You know, she's mm-hmm. always like, mm-hmm. if you're listening and if this goes in, out, I know I'm supposed to go for my physio soon. But yeah, she always says like, Nina, all the classes that you do, rest is also a form of working out. And, and I think sometimes for me, I go on autopilot mode tau. Mm. So I have this thing where in the week, I will plan my workout. Mm-hmm. Okay, Monday, I know. If I sempat, I, I want to do this class. Tuesday is the day that I teach. Wednesday is a day, okay, I have this class, this class. Thursday is another day yang macam, okay, I for sure know I have one of my 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 best friends punya classes. If I can make it, that's the class I'm going to go for. I plan my workouts yeah. out. And it comes to a point that there are there was a point where I was so on autopilot about that point I was teaching two weekdays, one weekend. So now I'm teaching mm. one weekday, two weekends, which Some weekends, it comes to a point where I'm tired. Sebab Saturday, I'm mengajar. Sunday, I'm mengajar. And mm-hmm. my weekend, one of my weekends, I have to also, um, you know, divide time for family, right? So, yeah. you know, so that also comes into play. And then sometimes weekends, ada wedding, ada family function, da, 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 da. but at the end of a Sunday, I'm just like, did I really have a weekend? Because technically, I'm still working because mm. I, I have my I classes, do. right? So, yeah. it came to a point yang last year when I had uh, my anniversary last year with my husband, my husband literally chose where we went. It was a resort in the middle mm-hmm. of Ipoh yang memang everything is just in that resort because he was like, if we had a staycation in KL, I can bet yeah. you, you will escape in the morning and go for a class. And he's like, oh, you, yeah. need a, you need a pause and you need to breathe for a moment. And I think sometimes I appreciate that. And sometimes it, it the, sometimes it, it may come from my husband. It may come from friends that are around me. Because sometimes the friends that are around me, like, you haven't had a pause, babe. Like, take a breather lah. Then, like, mm-hmm. you just don't realize it. It's about, like, you're so focused on, okay, Monday nak buat ni, Tuesday nak buat ni, da, 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 da. And I think everyone has that. But sometimes to have that person, your friend or your support system, to just ground you and be like, have you had one day that you just pampered yourself? Like, not a sweat, but... Go do your nails, go do your hair. So, yeah. those kind of things for me is also what has helped me to build the routine or what I feel in my point of view, what's sustainable for me is having mm-hmm. those people ground you and just like, I think you should breathe. Mm. 
Like, yeah. just take a stop, you know. So, but I think that also is what makes my life macam, I'm not all about work. And I know certain people are, like, like my corporate job, right? I know some mm-hmm. people are, but I've come to a point where work is work. I, of course, I still have to work, but I also yeah. enjoy that I have something after work. I have something else that I'm, I, I've curated into my life and I don't want to let it go. And for me, that thing is working out. Because mm-hmm. working out for me is really my escape. I feel so, I, f- I actually feel happy. I mean, of course, there are days where I will like whine and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired today, but I booked this class. But the minute yeah. I get myself into that class, 45 minutes, I feel like this 45 minutes is mine. Nobody else is mine. It's like, it's my performance, you know. It's, it's, it's literally just me and the bike or just me and my weights or just me and myself. And I think that's so important to have. Like some people, that is watching Netflix. Or is watching YouTube. Yeah. And I think that's okay. Yeah. That can be sustainable in your own way. I feel like yeah. cultivating a healthy lifestyle, it doesn't need to even be fitness. It can be anything as long as you know what your balance is. You know, like some, mm-hmm. t- some months I keep saying like, oh, my balance this month is shopping. That's my escape. It, my bank mm-hmm. card cries. My bank account probably looks at me and be like, girl, <laughs> what are you dreaming of? But I'm like, oh, but I'm happy. And I think I've come a long way. Lah. I rasa macam, I, <laughs> like, I would like to believe that I've come a long way to even feel yeah. that way. It's really about the yeah. mind and the body. Mm. But how does your soul feel? Yeah. Does your soul feel at peace? Does your soul feel like you are, you accomplished and then you feel like you've, You set yourself free from all this, you know, sort of you know, trauma or sort of pain. And then sometimes it's joy too, but how does your soul feel? I think for, for now, um, hmm. my soul, I, I would say my soul at times, hmm. it does, it feels, it does feel accomplished. But it's not all the time. Yeah. Because I, I know that there are some times where I have this routine, right? And then mm-hmm. it, it could be, it could, it could be um, to put it in perspective, let's say I go for a class. And I'm yeah. at the point of the month where my energy levels are actually at the lowest. But then mm. I go for a heart class. Right? So coming back from that heart class, my soul then feels demotivated. Right, but then it, mm. it 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 does come to a point where maybe I have tried a lot of things when it comes to my mind. So when I start feeling demotivated, mm-hmm. I reflect back on like last week's class, and I'm like, wait a minute, last week I could do this and this and this. Let's just say, right? Mm-hmm. This yeah. week I could only do a half of it. Why is that? Um, I'm more in tune with that in terms of my body. As much as I do feel demotivated at that point, my mind mm. kind of switches into like, but then again, it wasn't because you lack training. It was because yeah. your body is at a point where it is naturally at its lowest. So yeah. it's okay that 
I couldn't do what yeah. I could do last week. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, I feel like when it comes to the soul, I usually intertwine my soul with my mind quite a lot. Um, and mm-hmm. I think most of the time we we are always our harshest critique. And I'm a very mm. I'm I'm a, I'm a firm believer of that because um, mm. I think in all aspects I will always critique myself at its worst. And I think that that goes for a lot of people, if not everyone. You know, I'm not I'm not going to generalize it because I think some people have a really 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 good relationship with their soul. Um, and actually, as an instructor, last two weeks I went for last week. Sorry, I went for a workshop. Um, it was an instructor's workshop. Um, from mm-hmm. an instructor from the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing about him, like, so when when I went to the UK as well, I went for his class and we always had very engaging conversations after his class. And in his class, he always talks about the connection between the mind and the soul. Yeah. And his class is just done in a, in a different way that it's intense, but at the same time, it allows you to switch switch a different part of your mind and your soul to have it connected mm. that even when your soul is feeling demotivated or lost mm-hmm. there are there is always certain aspects of your mind that is able to combat that mm-hmm. so last week when we had that session with him and he was explaining how um sometimes all it takes is you just got to slow down a little bit mm-hmm. like if you're at level five of autopilot you bring it down to a three and give yourself that moment to just breathe yeah because at the end of the day if your soul is not content and rested mm-hmm. you will always be restless mm-hmm. and when you start being restless and with restless usually you start being negative Mm-mm. Without you realizing, it's literally a domino effect. It is, it, yes. It will start. It will start interplaying. But he said, so as long as, because I guess for me, okay, for example, for a fitness instructor, on class pass, we have comments that we don't know who posts them, right? Yeah. And because of that, because it's all ghost comments, anyone can write anything. And for me, that is my biggest feel tau sometimes about i feel like oh i did a really good class today like i thought i was on beat or i was like i was able to cue well i did well and then a class pass comment comes and like mm-hmm. i think today it wasn't the best i think the instructor today spoke too much i think she doesn't know what she's doing and mind you the comments on class pass are mean and so mm. when i went to the uk I spoke to one of my, I spoke to this instructor lah before before he came to Malaysia for his class. His name is Wolf, and I spoke about it. And I said, you know, I don't like looking at class class comments because, mm. like I told you before, I started off being a fitness instructor without a following. Mm. Um, so to to chart that path and to make sure my classes run every week and not not have it cancelled or whatever was actually very hard because I didn't have a following. Yeah. So it was so hard. So when class pass when the studio I teach at started being on ClassPass, I was so happy because that means I get like, you know, I get new clients, I get new clientele and all that. But at the back of my mind, I knew 
customers that come from ClassPass also have the power of, I mean, honestly, it is the power of giving honest feedback lah sebenarnya. Tapi, sometimes, what people don't realize is being an instructor takes a lot. Yeah. You have to understand that you have the routine to curate, you mm-hmm. have your playlist to curate, and then you have yourself to hype up. Yes. And mind you, being an instructor, there's no MC tau. Yeah. If you are on your menses and you're having the worst cramp of your life, you gotta show up. Yeah. If you just, cause I, and I had to do this uh, uh, two years ago. I had like one of the most heartbreaking news of my life. Malam tu I had a class. Hmm. You gotta pull through. Mm-mm. And I think for me, it's always like, you gotta pull through because at the end of the day, these people pay for a class. And I always feel that way. And it's not cheap. I think fitness boutiques punya classes are never cheap. Yeah. So, I would not be able to live with the fact that if I have a bad day and I don't do my best and people pay for that class. Yeah. Because if I were to pay for a class and I get like an off class, I would feel like um, that was a waste of money. Yeah. And people work for their money, you know, and I feel yeah. like everyone works for their money. So, it is my responsibility as a fitness instructor that I should at least be able to deliver the best class that I can to the best of my ability on whatever days that I teach. Yeah. But sometimes, like I said, we can't control life. Life is uncontrollable. You don't know what's going to hit you. Yeah. It hits you. you it's know? true. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So when it comes to that, I feel like sometimes people who do come for, for classes, they don't realize that instructors are human. Yeah. You know, sometimes the comments, if it's constructive, it's fine. But sometimes it's not constructive. And I don't know if people know this, but female instructors always get the worst of the spectrum. I don't know why. Somehow or another, even like when we were in training, it was made known that, okay guys, between you and your male counterparts, Mm-mm. don't be surprised if Diorang punya classes will always run. Yeah, and yeah. for us, for females, it takes a little bit more, a little bit more of energy, a little bit more of effort to push your classes. You know that kind of thing. So, yeah. macam sometimes, I think I think that this is where it comes back to. It doesn't hurt to be kind, and I think it's okay to be opinionated. It's okay to be constructive, but you have to differentiate between being mean and yeah. being constructive. Now, may I know what an example is that sort of comment that they give to women instructors? So, for example, one of it was, um, well, for me, it was like, um, oh, I think the instructor today focused too much talking about, like, her personal life. Huh? So, I was just like, oh, okay, all right. Um, and actually, this also happened to one of my good friends recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think as humans, you cannot help but be affected by what people say. You yeah. really can't help it. We're humans. Mm-hmm. Emotions are natural. It's the same thing with falling in love. But natural. So, unless you have a very good relationship with yourself, and for example, for me, like unless I have a very good relationship and very like strong confidence in my instructing that no comment is going to bring me down, that's fine. But at the end of the day, 
I'm human. For me yeah. to read a comment that says that I sucked at teaching my own class, it's going to hurt. It is going to hurt and trumble me down. Wow. But I feel like sometimes, even now, I even now I actually uh, read class pass comments only when I have capacity to deal with the aftermath of the worst case scenario, lah, which is saying mm-hmm. like, oh, she's she's just a shitty instructor, full stop, you know. Mm-mm. So, I have come to terms that I don't always read my class class comments because I don't I don't I don't know what people because people the thing is right some of them depan depan they don't talk they won't tell me they won't say it to me after class they'll be like oh my god it was such a great class I loved it I loved it and then suddenly a class class comment comes and you're just like uh, mm. okay people didn't love it and yeah. and I can't help but feel insecure as well because yeah, my yeah, yeah. colleagues. That that teach in in my in the studio that I teach are great at what they do, so of course I will always have the insecurity in me, and I always feel like, am I doing enough? Am I am I pouring enough effort into my class? Am I is my playlist good enough? Am I gonna are you are they gonna return to my next class? And it's always that. And at the end of the day, the fitness industry is a competitive industry, you know, like, um. My the studio that I teach at is not the only studio in in KL that has strength and training. There are so many other studios in KL that has strength and training, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's like, um, it's preference. Sometimes it's really preference. Like even for me, I go to classes young. I know I like the style of the instructor. I like mm-hmm. the song of the instructor. It's always about the instructor, normally for me. And I don't know. I, I know I have some. I have some people that I know who go for classes, to you know, like to instructors that are good looking and whatever. Um, yeah. And I think that's fine. But I think for me, it's not about not about that. It's more about do I click with the instructor? Do mm-hmm. I have certain you know maybe is there certain parts of her the way her or he curates their mm-hmm. playlist? Is song that I listen to, and I like I like listening to those songs in that forty five minutes because then yeah. it makes me forget, you know. So I always feel like instructing is also about connection, how you connect with your riders or how you connect with your. For me, is how I connect with those who come for my class yeah. for my my customers. Yeah, and that connection sometimes it could be the most random thing. Like the other day, it was the fact that we both just came from a legal background, and she was like. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! It's so refreshing to to know that you're in the legal field, but you actually mm-hmm. have a passion outside it. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I say it's not normal, but I know among my colleagues, but a lot of my colleagues are married to the job. And sometimes I sit, listen, I sit thinking to myself, hmm, maybe I should have that much passion, you know? Mm-hmm. But I'm also very content and happy that I have other things in my life that I look, I am excited for, or I like. Yeah, and I'm trying to picture this situation where you are instructing a class. Would it be like, Anina, hi. Today I'm very sad. I'm very depressed. Is that something <laughs> that you do? And then I'm, I have my no, period um, today, and then, but, and then somebody would say like, like, "She's still personal." <laughs> No. <laughs> no, no. I think I think it's like so sometimes before I start a class, <laughs> I'll be like, "Okay, guys, um, 
just heads up, I had a really bad day at work today. Yeah, with the EDM okay. at the back. Yeah, because my songs are very, my oh, songs are very EDM based. Yeah. So I I play with emotions quite. I mean, I like lah. I like playing with emotions quite a little bit sometimes. And sometimes it it comes naturally because I don't pre-plan what I see in class. That's the thing. Yeah. I I really go off what I feel that day. Um. And I go off sometimes for a day. I will have like a certain macam. Okay, for today the theme is appreciation, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes I will have that sub that, that that topic at the start. And the things I say in class, none of it is scripted because most of the time it's just what flows to me at that point in time. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it is is off that before I start a class, I'm like, okay, guys, we're gonna start a warm up in like five in. In 10 seconds. But heads up, today we had a really bad day at work. So we're a little tired. So if hmm. I say certain things that is related to me being tired, you can ignore me or you can resonate with me. I will say something like that. Or mm-hmm. I did last kali to, I'm like, okay guys, this is my first day of my menses. So that can either mean that I'm high on my energy or we're going to have some parts where maybe we're going to have a breather. Something like that lah. And mm-hmm. it depends. Some people don't like it. Some people uh, feel like, no, you're an instructor. You come, you teach. That that's it. I don't need to know your life story. Some people mm-hmm. actually like that I'm raw. I'm because so when when I broke down during warm down, if you can just imagine, tengah stretch tangan ni, and then suddenly mm-hmm. like my tears start to flow. I'm like, guys, I don't know why I'm crying. Um, mm-hmm. I actually had a few people that came to that class that like DM'd me and like. Wow. Um. Actually, your warm down was so raw that I then realized that I haven't connected with kindness to my friends in a while, and I was like, "Oh wow!" Mm-hmm. And then I had another regular who who I I who is a friend to me right now also, and he opened up. He's like, "You know, I I lost my brother as well all, all of a sudden." Because yeah. one of yeah. the things I said during during the class that I broke down was that. Life is too short. You never know. Yeah. You just never know, and you could be the healthiest person, and something can happen. You know. So mm-hmm. part of the message was, when you have time, no matter when this week, if you haven't already, if it's someone that is important to you, drop that small text. Yeah, I'm thinking of you. Yeah, or yeah. you know, or I said like, if you have a chance to do the tiniest kindness, or spread the tiniest form of love to anyone, don't mm-hmm. miss that opportunity. At the end of the day, we're all going through something. It's just whether we put it out there or not. Yeah, and I think being kind to a person, no matter who. Is so important because that person might be having the hardest day of their life, but they're mm-hmm. just one person that doesn't want to share it because they don't want to burden the other person, or they just feel like no, it's something that I need to deal with, you know. So I think for me, yeah. I have been surrounded by so much kindness from people around me, and sometimes it's at like interjection. It's oh, sorry, it's always at junctions where. I don't even realize that without these people offering me kindness, I wouldn't yeah. have been able to carry on. Yeah. So, and I think sometimes 
especially when you when you're when you have um, a slightly bigger group of friends and you see each other mm-hmm. quite frequently, you forget to remind them or you forget to tell them that you actually appreciate their presence. You actually yeah. appreciate the times that they've just been there at the right time or even sometimes even when they're not there but they give mm-hmm. you that tiny bit of support that you need to go through the day. And I think for me at least, maybe because I'm a sentimental person sometimes, that mm-hmm. I carry that with me throughout. You know, like the right. smallest, it could be the smallest thing. Like the other day I had a friend who remembered out of the blue that I am a big lover of my pumpkin spice latte. And mm-hmm. when it came, when, when Starbucks started it again, she brought it to, to the studio for my class. And she was like, I literally remember that you're such a big fan of pumpkin spice latte. And like, yeah. I appreciated that so much. I was like, wow. I was like, okay, thank you. Like, Because sometimes, you know, you just blabber things out of the blue and sometimes you don't even know who's listening. And I'm just like, okay, guys, you know. Um, and I think the tiniest form of kindness actually brings a person, it could bring a person's emotions and mental capacity slightly further. Yeah. I think. Um, it, so true. Like, don't underestimate the smallest thing. Like, just don't. Because I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Sometimes I think we overthink. Or like, I overthink. Like, I say like, mm-hmm. oh, but what if I do this? What if I do this? Nanti orang tu rasa apa? Or what if I. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we overthink. We overthink the smallest little thing. And I just feel like sometimes it's not worth overthinking. And if you think you're doing it out of sincerity and you mm. have no ill intentions, I always feel like, then do it. Because I always feel like, people are people. Are. People always have things to say about you. You know, like sometimes mm. you, do the, you, do, you do the smallest thing and you do it out mm-hmm. of sincerity. But then the person the next person is going to turn around and look at you and like, mm, yeah, you're just doing that just to show off. There's always going to be that kind of people. There's always going to be that kind of humans in this world. And I feel like I've come to terms that I will never be able to satisfy everyone. Like, I think mm-hmm. I'm a person that my, um, my love language, my love language is acts of service. And yeah. one of the things that I love doing for my friends is planning their birthdays yeah. like I love it I, I love hosting I love hosting yeah. I love throwing people surprises and yeah. I don't know I don't know what it is I, I honestly don't know what it is it's just I just like I just like planning I like event planning like it doesn't even need to be in a big scale it's a small scale it's fine yeah. I will go out of my way to my child go on Canva curate the the, the invite you know and yeah. plan yeah. it theme and like last year I threw my husband a Pokemon party um, and I went mm-hmm. into the whole thing of like the bottles, the labels were Pokemon, the plates were the, the Pokemon and I DIY'd the plate, I had a white plate and I cut a red plate into half so the plates were all the Pokemon balls um, mm-hmm. and it was just wow. like, it was those kind of things but I love it, like even for my friends I love planning but I am also a very sensitive person. So when I hear unpleasant comments about things that I do out of my own good intention, I get very affected. Mm-hmm. And I get very mm-hmm. sad. Yeah, would it affect your uh, performance? Like, Yeah. 
Yeah, it would affect your performance. It would, it would affect, affect your your job as well, like uh, your KPI. I think um, at work, it it affect my performance in terms of I will have because I will have it like dangling in my head. If that makes sense. Okay. And then okay, my okay. um, I will try to not let it affect my work lah. Much especially that my work really requires me to be like brain switch on. Uh-uh. I try, tapi sometimes, like I said, we're human. We're human. How yeah. how do yeah, I yeah. control not feeling upset that when I do something out of sincerity, someone is questioning it, and well, your, it doesn't feel right. Yeah, true. But would your employer would take action because no, of that comment? No, ah. Huh? So they're free for you I to feel do whatever. Like however, the, I've, yeah, I feel like this one much more affect right. yeah. on a friend's basis, lah. So like, uh, whenever I do something okay. for my friends, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, this is very interesting. I mean, I mean, this whole story is just a revelation to me. Um, you know, uh, it's more than just your mind, your body, yeah. and your soul, right? It's definitely more than that. I think it, it's, it's more. It goes. It's, it goes beyond, and then you don't realize that actually the three yeah. things it intertwines. It intertwines because when comments like that happen, it automatically for me it interrupts my soul. Yeah, yeah. Because then I start questioning. I start questioning yes. like, mm, but I did it, that out of sincerity. Yeah. Why would the other person think that I didn't do it out of sincerity? Yeah. Or I did that class out of my own hard work. Yes. Why is it that the other person turned it around and said that? Oh, it was when a shitty it, class. Yes, and when it's interrupting your soul, it would affect your mind. And then when your mind is, um, when you, <laughs> your mind is disturbed. It affects your body. Yes. Okay. And then when you when it affects your body, it affects yeah. your soul. It affects your soul. Correct. That's why I always feel like all these three things are really intertwined, yeah. and I feel like some people have different ways of combating it. Because I just so much. For me, at one point of my life, the way yeah. I combat or the way I yeah. tried to stay yeah. grounded you... was mediation. Is that that's how you cope with it? That's how I cope. Like I okay. I. I I much um try every morning before I pop into the shower. Mm-hmm. I will try and find. I used to have an app called Headspace. Mm-hmm. Now I don't. I don't. I don't like subscribe to it anymore. But on Spotify, there's actually so many episodes of just allowing yourself to meditate. And I don't mean meditation in like a in a in a religious manner. Mm-hmm. I mean, like not not you know how some people say like you certain chants of yoga. Um, if you you are if you're a Muslim, you're not meant to chant. I'm, I don't mean that kind of um yeah, meditation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean more of just being mindful of how you start your day or how you want your mind to start the day. I think that's yeah. very important. Like, I yeah. try my best to find podcast episodes that. Up positively, yes. and when I say positively, sometimes it could, it could even mean that I listen to podcasts when it comes to like topics when it comes to, um, how I can connect with my religion when it comes to, um, nutrition. I also try and listen to podcasts just to educate myself, yeah. and even when it comes to religion, I have actually found really really good. Um, Islamic podcast where 
they make a conversation out of certain things where your mind or your body or your life feels disconnected mm-hmm. from God. And I yeah. rasa macam podcast has actually helped me in that way. Can? So, I really, really feel like podcast is so, it's so diversified. You can, mm. I'm not saying it's an answer to everything, no. But yeah. I am saying that it's something for me that I have, it's another thing that I've made into a lifestyle to listen to a podcast like mm-hmm. it's also an escape like i can go jogging and i could be listening to a podcast yeah i know some people don't agree with me because i've i've had this conversation with a few friends and they're like how how are you listening to someone blabbering and you're running and i said lah sometimes i don't really run 10km i run maybe like 5km it took sometimes like 2km i stop and i'm walking but mm-hmm. even that 2km listening to a podcast and if it's on a topic that i'm very interested in Mm-hmm. It makes me forget that I'm doing whatever I'm doing. Or I could be cleaning the house, washing the toilet, and I'm listening to a podcast and I love it. But yeah. I said, of course, I'm not saying that it's for everyone, but it yeah. could be an option. But it is, it is my option for me to connect my mind and my soul. Because I know yeah. when I connect my mind and my soul, automatically I can somehow be in a better space with my body. Yeah. Yeah, and within your own private space because you are in your own listening space doing exactly. something that you love and then it feeds your soul with what you are listening and then yes, it just makes you feel good. It makes you feel better about yourself. And I and think, I think that's, that's, that's what's most important. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really echo that whatever you choose to create that healthier lifestyle it has mm-hmm. to be something that is happy for you what is your advice to those people struggling to be healthy in the mind body and soul as a starting point is you have to find out what what is it that you want out of it like mm-hmm. what is your why you know because I think when your why comes from within, it's mm-hmm. a little bit more easier for you to work around it. So as an example, you your why doesn't even need to be your end goal. Because like for me, my why initially was, I just wanted to be skinny. Mm-hmm. But now my end goal is, I just want to reach a point where I'm content with how I look and how I feel. Yeah. And that on its own took like it's been nine has it been nine years since I graduated? Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's just say uh, yeah. Blah, uh, so <laughs> it's been nine. Let's just say it's been nine years, Ken. And I started yeah. this whole journey on myself like when I was in yeah. second year. So that makes it what like eleven years, maybe? No, even more, because I was in the UK for five years. So yeah. It took it took that long, and along the way, I had a lot of dips. Where mm-hmm. dips in terms of like I gave up, dips in terms of like I started binge eating again, or even like gained weight again, and things like that. And I think one thing that I would like to put out there is this healthier lifestyle. It goes way beyond how you look like. I know it, it, that is a concept that it takes a while for people to grasp about 
having a healthier lifestyle always intertwines with you're at your best, you're at your peak, you're at your ripped, you know, you're like shredded. Mm-hmm. But I think I have come to terms that <laughs> shredded. A healthier <laughs> lifestyle really doesn't mean like all that. Greater. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a healthier lifestyle does not mean all that. No. It yeah. may as well just mean that you're in a happier place. Like even for me, I just feel like my healthier lifestyle is a sustainable lifestyle. And what I mean by sustainable is that I can still do the things that I want to do that make me feel good at my own pace, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's important because at the end of the day, like we said just now, life is life. Life will never be a straight path. Life will never be as what we planned. Life will always throw us off the corner or throw us off, you know, the juncture. Maybe you even reach a T-junction that you never even planned to reach, but you reach it because of life. So I think you... After you find that why, then slowly building into it and just creating that routine, you need to have flexibility. You need to have flexibility in terms of with yourself. That it's okay to fall off that path sometimes and come back. And your why can always change. Your why doesn't need to be the same as anyone else, nor do people need to know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just really important because I rasa at the end of the day, if you don't cultivate or you don't create it to suit yourself or for yourself, it's very hard for you to fall off the path. You can never find a one-size-fits-all. Everyone does it for different reasons. And like I said, a healthier lifestyle doesn't need to mean that you're going to the gym five times a week. A healthier lifestyle could mean that you don't think about work on the weekends. Maybe that's what your mind needs. Maybe that's what your soul needs. And automatically, like, you wouldn't be hurting your body if your mind and your soul is in a place where it needs to be for you to feel at its best. So I just feel like it's it's very hard to not be harsh on ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I think that is another reminder that I think everyone, all of us, we're just trying And remembering that we are actually trying what would help make you feel that you're human. And Mm -hmm. that's it. That's what it is. We are human. We're made to feel. We're made to have emotions. And that's okay. Because if we were all a computer program that we could literally make ourselves like a sim, I think Mm -hmm. everyone could probably be at its best because, you know, your emotions, you can switch off, switch on. You can change your emotions as you like. But because we're human, it's normal that the path will never be a straight line. And I think that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Well said. Well said. And before we end this conversation, Nina, what are your hopes and dreams for yourself, for the people that you work with, for your family, and for the world? I think my dream is I mean I hope um, I hope that I will continue to be the best version of myself even mm-hmm. when I feel like I'm not um, and I think 
like like um, like I said, there are there are a lot of instances where I have those. I don't feel like I am at my best. So I I sincerely hope for myself that I will have more chances and more more times in in this life that I'm content and I am literally doing my best and being my best. Mm-hmm. Dreams. Um, at this point, um, I think my dream at the moment is is really in terms of professionally, is for me to have a solid professional career. Mm-hmm. Whether it be in what I'm currently at or in something new, I think one of my biggest dreams is that like I just I want to build a career, but I want to build a career that's that's me and not one that's not me if that makes sense it makes total sense and I, yeah <laughs> yes i mean I, some people would think that it's so it's such a dreamy thing to say you know like you just want okay. I, I sometimes like I, i'm not so sure like i don't uh, i'll be very honest i'm not so sure like how i can answer that question that that fits right for everyone either but yeah. when it yeah. comes to my head at the moment that that's the dream for me at the, at this point That's it. Wow. I think Dina, you are an inspiration to me. Thank you for sharing your stories with me. Um well, thank you, you open for up. having me. <laughs> thank you very much journey. for having me. I think it's an amazing story to begin with. I mean, it's we can go on and on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It feels like that actually. That's why I said we don't you know each other but this conversation has turned into something yes. that you feel like you're having a chat with a, a old friend yes. and just reflecting yes. on life or like how life has been yes and how, how how I feel I can connect with you how you're connected to this topic to this conversation I think we I hit like the I, right yeah, note I, I, yeah I hold this topic then? quite dearly to myself um, yeah, yeah. given what I feel and given how I've just decided mm-hmm. to get into this journey of mine so yeah, yeah. i think definitely the topic resonated with me very yeah. much and i hope when you listen to this conversation again in the next five years 10 years maybe 20 years you reflect to it and be like oh wow I you know, you're proud I can, you'll I be, proud be proud of yourself don't be funny now <laughs> I, I never listened to my I never listened to the old ones. I was about to I was about to say I do not like listening to my voice again. The below people who come to my class record yeah, me talking. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, guys, please stop. Like, I know I was too yeah. low, you know. So I don't know if in five years I will listen to myself. Like, we'll yeah. screech with it again. But I'm always like, oh my god, my voice. Is that how yeah. I sound like? Oh, okay. Is that what I said? Okay. So five years from now, for myself, uh, let me uh, pray that I did not say anything that I regret no, no, or anything that you know, <laughs> a little bit too much. But yeah. honestly, I I don't really like listening to myself. <laughs> I don't. Even when people record my class and I repost it, I'm like, guys, I'm gonna switch it off. I'm not gonna listen to myself. I'm yeah, yeah. Switch this off. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, it's it's natural to feel like that. But I think what what's important is how people. Would find meaning in this conversation. I think yeah, that is the core. Yeah, I, I truly of... hope. Um, I, I don't. I mean, I, I hope it will touch as many people as it can. 
I feel like it doesn't even need to touch millions of hearts. Yeah, exactly. If it touches at least one person or that yeah. can resonate with certain things I've said or maybe how I feel throughout this whole journey, I think that's more than enough for me. Um, and of course, for you for providing this platform um, and yes. for me to have such a raw conversation. Thank you. Um, and making it my first official podcast. Thank you so much. I really Thank you. appreciate it. Um, and of course, the podcast channel that you've created for different people from different walks of life to just come in and talk on topics that resonate with them. I think it's a very special platform you've created. And I think in Malaysia, there's not a lot. There's not a lot yeah. of podcasts that create that space. Uh, and I think yeah. I, I really, really hope one day it turns into a talk show, as you've mentioned. Your very own Oprah Winfrey. Yes, I sincerely <laughs> pray for that. Maybe you should start podcast now, right? So, yes. I sincerely <laughs> hope it happens through. Thank you, you know. Nina. This means so much to me. Thank you. Oh my God! Yes, what you just said. Thank you. This conversation is very interesting. I hope, yeah. <laughs> I hope you had fun, and because I did, I did have fun. I think I, I blabbered on for a little bit, but yeah, the 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 way your questions were created. Um, really intertwined with um, things that I've been through and the topic itself so thank you very much again for having me I, for I, 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 I look forward to yeah. everything out but I don't know if I'm listening to myself <laughs> <laughs> um, hopefully it won't sound that bad I hope so Maybe it's I'll perfect yes, it is <laughs> I think it's it's so it's so you it's so it's so real it's so raw I, Hope I'm so. loving it. I'm <laughs> loving it. Thank you, Nina. Tin. Yeah, thank you so much. That had, I had a lot of fun tonight. I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for the conversation. Support the He Podcast via a one-time donation, a monthly subscription from as low as $1, a lifetime membership, and purchase his exclusive collection of merchandise and for all other business inquiries at buymeacoffee.com slash Rafi. Thank you for listening to He. A new episode is available every Thursday and don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at RafiRidzwan and at He Podcast for all the updates and behind the scenes. Once again, thank you for listening to He with Rafi Ridzwan.